Welcome back. I'm Gary Parr. And I'm Beth Ellicott. And you're listening to the midweek version of the Fiber Talk podcast that we do twice a week for needlework artists. Ooh, that was enthusiastic, wasn't it? Wow. I know. <laughs> I was pumped up on that one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to do it, it over. It, Too much hassle. <laughs> it, it, it's just a busy week. Busy week. There we go. Yep. All right. Uh, podcast this week, Stitch Hour next week. Sunday's guest is Dr. Susan K. Williams, the chief executive of the Royal School of Needlework. This is like the fifth or sixth time we've uh, talked with Susan, and it's always a treat, and we always learn a ton of things. And this week, we're going to get an update on the Royal School Stitch Bank, which is a tremendous resource for needleworkers around the world. And then uh, learn more about what is going to happen at the U.S. International Summer School in um, here in the States. So, and, oh, and then we've got several other things we want to talk to her about. So all of that will be uh, Sunday, so don't miss that one. Okay, I finished Sarah Parr. Yay! Yeah. That's fantastic. Now, so did you like working on it monogamously? Yeah, because I was I got to a point I got to that point where I was just on a mission. Yeah, because I mean I've picked away at it for what three years, two years, I don't know, forever. Yeah. And then yeah, I just reached that point, the last band where oh, oh, oh I see the end. Let's go. And uh, yeah, so I just set everything aside and just went for it. And. Okay. So I I was wondering, when did you hit that point where you're like, okay, so it was the last band that was where you decided, okay, I I see the finish line? Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was was a a good 75, maybe 80% done somewhere in there. But yeah, then it was, yeah, full tilt. Let's go. Because it can get done. Um, And I would have, I mean, I, I actually got to that point back in October where, you know, I could see the end, but then travel, uh, job travel, two trips in October. And then we went to Arizona and then holidays. And, and I, I just, well, and I got sick and, you know, I just, I, I lost the time. And then, right. you know, we got done with, uh, with our podcasts for the holidays and uh, weeks, a couple of weeks there stretched out before me. And I really had very little I had to do for very little in terms of obligations. And it was just, all right, shut the door in my in my room, turn on the movies, and let's go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's great. I would yeah, emerge when looking... Marcus said meals are ready, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, nice. Nice. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Because so. I'm looking at Susan, and I'm down to the bottom section pretty much. And I'm thinking, you know, if I really worked on only this, there's a good chance I could get it done by the end of January, beginning of February. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, but I can't concentrate. I mean, I work on it and I'm like, oh, look at that next, that shiny object over there. I better go work <laughs> on it a little bit. Yeah. Well, you've flown so through it, that thing too. Susan Schlichter. Yes. Queenstown. Yeah. Barbara yeah. Hudson, and, Queenstown, yes. Yeah, I, I started it in July. Holy smokes. And you're down to I, the end? Yes, I'm on the last um, row of vases at the bottom. And I then mean, I have to there's I some have dense a, there's some density in the middle of that thing. Holy smokes, Beth. I know, I know. Um, cool. but I just 
I just couldn't stop working on it. The colors. Clearly. (laughs) The the, the picture, the picture does not, again, does not do it justice. The the colors are fantastic. And I am using DMC except Mm -hmm. for one color, um, which is a Cosmos. Uh, But uh, yeah, it is just gorgeous in the charted DMCs. It is fantastic. Okay. um, One skein of Cosmo. Can you tell? Does Cosmo blend in well with DMC? Yes. It's, and I think it was, um, so Kim um, kitted it for me and then she said she couldn't, there was one color she she didn't have. Got got to interrupt you. Kim Kim is Kim Young at Sassy Jack Stitchery for those who don't know. Go. (laughs) (laughs) So she, she sent Cosmos in replacement of one of the colors and it's, um, it's a major color on the border, um, and it looks great. It it blends in fine. I okay. don't know what the DMC color would be, um, but it looks great. Yeah. All right. Because that you know that that can come up. Because uh, mm-hmm. sometimes if you mix brands of threads, it's obvious. And yeah. uh, in this case, good. So that makes that's one more uh, on the plus side for Cosmo uh, threads is. Uh, blend right in with DMC, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, and I'm jealous. You got your package of um, Cosmos, your um, oh, your your Cosmos Yesterday. Club is art. Man, I am so jealous. I don't think mine's coming till Wednesday. Whoa! Usually, yours is two or three days ahead of me. Holy I smokes! Know. I'm marking this one down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah you, I you, you you out in the hinterland. Usually get it a couple days ahead of me in suburban St. Louis. Yeah, that would explain that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think I think the snow has uh, has um, kind of slowed everything down here. So. Oh yeah, we don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. So no. yep. Um, well, that's good to know about Cosmo because I have not uh, mixed them. So. Um, yeah. Because yeah. so uh, I po- did a post an Instagram post about the Cosmo thread club, which, yeah, I mean, it's a great way to get Cosmo thread because now we have, we have six volume, what Kim's calling them volumes, six bundles of threads. And so I laid them all out on the table, man, that's a nice collection. Yeah. 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 And I'm getting the variegated. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what colors are next on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's just nice thread. So yeah, you, uh, Thread Club, uh, Cosmo Thread Club at Sassy Jack Stitchery, um, is back in action. So sign up and you can start getting your own bundles of thread. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm gonna. Um, well, I had some project. Ann Ferguson. Ann Ferguson. That was it. Yeah. Kathy Andrews. Yes. Just released it. Um, so yeah, I've got to finish Susan. When Susan's done, I might start seeing if I what I have to do that one. Yeah, that and Ferguson. Yeah, yeah, because I'm gonna try and do that all with Cosmo. Yeah, that's a good plan. That's yep. A good plan. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, that's the other part. Okay, I've got this pile of threads sitting here. What am I gonna do with it? Well, I better find a place. So. Um, right. Right. Yeah. So okay. yep, join up for that. And then I got my uh, Sassy Jack's customer appreciation uh, thing too. I'm, I'm a member of the Cool Kids Club now. Yeah, it's it's called the loyalty. Customer club. loyalty. 
club. Customer yeah. loyalty. Yes. And I'm glad you joined the cool kids. Um, yeah. you know, I, I hated for you to be left out. Well, I, I felt like an outcast, quite frankly. Um, yeah, well. so now, now I've got the official thing right here. Yeah. 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 So that's another thing. And then yesterday we're recording this on Tuesday. So yesterday, uh, Martin Luther King day, um, I took the uh, grandsons to the movie theater and then the meeting spot was Michael's because our daughter had to get, uh, I don't know, whatever, who cares? Wasn't my problem. Um, <laughs> at Michael's. So we met there and we got there early and this Michael, this particular Michael's had a second floor with an escalator. Wow. Which, uh, yeah, I didn't know those existed, but so, so then of course the boys, uh, wanted to ride up the escalator. Yeah, sure. Why not? I'll ride up the escalator, ride down. We got time to kill. Well, at the t very top was the needlework stuff. And, oh, all right, we've got to take a look at that and see what they have. Well, they had these um, laser-cut wood shapes. What is it, 11 or 12 mesh? Uh, there's a star and a heart, and then there's a, a, a small square and a large square with rounded corners. So... So I just picked up, uh, it was six bucks for a package of like four little stars that are maybe four inches on the long side and hearts in this uh, small square. Like six bucks for four of those and then six bucks for two of the eight inch square uh, basically could be a um, like a trivet type thing. And so I thought, well, I, you know, all right, I'm going to take some of these and, and play with them. So then I posted a picture and got some good advice on uh, on that from uh, Tim Buckheim and Kelly Berkey Freeman that they had they had used these and made things with them. And uh, used it's wood, so use short thread lengths. Yeah, I had that. I had that figured out. I figured that would that would will just fray up your thread in a hurry. So got to do that. And you can't use a bigger needle to make a bigger hole because the holes are kind of what they are. They um, are what they are. Yeah. But this is the part, and this would apply to any laser cut thing, is soot in the holes. Oh. And yeah. They So they both commented that, especially light colors, that when you pass it through these holes it will pick up soot, soot from the laser burning the holes. Because, you know, the, the holes and the edges are discolored because it's, it's basically burning the wood. And I hadn't thought about that. So you have to use shorter lengths and then be aware of that. And then uh, Kelly said that she had to uh, uh, take unpick, defrog, the uh, first one she did, and then she took them and scrubbed them clean with a, um, a toothbrush, like in water, and scrubbed them, and then that solved the problem for the most part. So oh. basically, you got to wash these things. But I'd like to see what they made with them. Do they I do would little, too. just little ornaments? Well, she posted. She says she posted a picture on Instagram and tagged uh, tagged Fiber Talk, but I couldn't find it. Um, okay. so I got to look harder, but anyway, yeah, I mean, they're perfect little ornaments, ideal because they have a, a, a hanging hole at the top and, uh, yeah, ideal little ornaments. 
so uh, and somebody else said that they uh, had, did a bunch of these and then has had them as favors at a needlework gathering. Oh, yeah, yeah, and and I because you have to find a design that's small enough, right? But that would be fun, right? That would be fun just just to fill it in. Yeah, yeah. But oh yeah, you could um, yeah any number of things. I mean, I'd go to like the stars and stuff. I mean, even just, yeah, like you say, just to fill in a star, that would be okay. Right, right. And I was just thinking, you know, if you you, you wanted to go crazy, could you count out like a Jessica? Yeah. And put it in there, and then add around it something. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it wouldn't. You wouldn't. You know, don't make don't make it a project. Just do something simple like that. Yeah. Right. Right. Because it it looked like the wood was nice. It's not like mm-hmm. it's. it's yeah, ugly. it's that, that typical laser cut wood. Mm-hmm. You know that they cut things out of, and uh, I don't know, was it an eighth of an inch thick, something like that, mm. some kind of poplar, I think it said that it was, and um, yeah. Um, Tim Tim says have plenty of needles ready because you can. It's real easy to bend and or break needles doing this. Yeah, because the wood doesn't give. But right. um, yeah, so that was just one of those, and 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 I picked them up. And Sarah, our daughter, said, "What are you gonna do with those?" I said, "I don't know. Just, I don't know. Play with them. Yeah, play, play. Yeah, stick some yeah. thread in, see what happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. I think that'd be fun. Yep." I might have to make a Michael strip tomorrow. Yeah, and, and you know, for me, I mean, I never go in those big box stores. I stay away from them. Um, but uh, yeah, there I was. So make hay, and uh, I did. I'd never yeah. seen uh, anything like this, but apparently, well, um, Tim and Kelly both uh, commented right away. So they have obviously had experience from some time ago. So um, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I think people are always looking for, you know, we're over Christmas and ornament exchanges, but that might be a nice way to make something for an exchange or uh, a little stitchy gift. If they're small enough, you know, I don't do this, but people that add doodads to their um, their floss rings, I don't know, how, how big are they? You said, like, how big is that star? The star... Is I was just getting a ruler out to give you that exact measurement. So if you hold the star with one point on the top, um, point to point, uh, side to side, four inches. Well, that's not that big. No, and the heart is the heart at, at its fattest point is four inches. Yep, and the um, the square with the small square with rounded edges. Also four inches, so they're all the four inch size, and then the bigger ones are uh, eight. So four, four, so four for the small size, and eight for the big ones. Yeah. Yeah. So that might, you know, that would be fun to stitch. You know, maybe make a, something for a stitching friend, or mm-hmm. you know, if you like adding those little doodads to your floss rings, um, so you know which one is which. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just random rings of floss like I sometimes have. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah. And on the 8-inch one, I'll tell you what I was thinking is I would go to some of the Avlia patterns. 
And make, because that could be a, a thing to set a potted plant on or something. But, um, yeah, leave the center open mm-hmm. and uh, stitch an avlia pattern on around, all around the outside. Oh, yeah. Make, so truly make it into a trivet. Right, right. But, but even the smaller ones, because she's got their nice little motifs in her designs. Right. Stitching, stitching one of those mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Because that was the first place I thought was where where can I get repeating repeating patterns that aren't real involved, and she has a ton of them. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Yep. Oh, so that was kind of a cool find. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I'm sure people who frequent Michaels all the time probably knew about them. No big surprise, but. I don't, and so it was a find. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's good. It's good to know. Something something else to use for your stitching. Yep. So, yeah, so that was kind of cool. Yep. All right, I got to hear, you are working away on this dawn to dust thing. Um, what, are you, what are you doing? You are flying. <laughs> well, are you, I, I mean, started... you're doing your, whole, your, your own thing all the way? Yeah, so I took, I'm using her... Her, you know, whatever stitches she's using, and I'm just changing the color. Karen Dzinski textured treasures for those who wonder. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I, because I'm changing the colors, you know, you have to rip. I, um, because some sometimes what you think is going to work is not going to work, and I'm working on black canvas, which you know is always a bear anyway. But right now I'm working on trying to figure out the border, you can, and I'm I'm doing the border with my fingers just so you can see and then the yeah i can see that clearly now (laughs) (laughs) and the center brocade and i realized i need to figure that out before i go any further because it'll influence what i do in those all those little motifs i don't want to wait till the end and say oh now what and so i worked the border and i'm i was using a gray and it looks it reads white on the black canvas. It's too light. Oh, okay. So I thought, okay, well, I'll try a red. And I thought, well, I have all this Coloris um, DMC that I'm using in the motifs. I thought, well, maybe I'll do that. And so I did that, and I thought, oh, that looks awfully busy. But I've left it. I've, I've stitched that, and I've left it in. Because I think sometimes you need to look at it for a while and make sure before you just start ripping Mm-hmm. Um, but I think both of those will come out and I'm going to try a maroon because I, I, it needs to be a color. I, I thought, well, maybe I should do it in black, which would be totally nuts, black on black, but, um, mm-hmm. it would work. It would work if it was black. White on white works. Why wouldn't black on black work? It, it would work, but that would be a pain to stitch. I think. Well, Yeah. <laughs> But you made the choice, so you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and then because, and the other thing is, you, I ha, you have to, I, ha, I have to remember while I'm stitching it, it. You think it's just this satin stitch border going around the edge, but it isn't. She's got like, um, there's crinette going around after you put the um, satin stitch in. Somehow incorporated it. In. 
going around that border than when you just do a quick glance. Yeah. Um, so I need to make some decisions. My major problem, though, is I was really trying to stitch using my stash. But because this is a huge piece, you know, I have a cry neck mm-hmm. that I could use for the brocade. But I have one spool of a cry neck. <laughs> yeah, I need at least two. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's like, okay, so I've got to check and make sure what I want to use in the brocade or I'm going to use in the piece before I start ordering so I don't have problems with dye lots. So, yeah, it's a process. It's all a process. I'm trying not to just say, well, I'm just going to buy all the colors and then I'll have them because I don't need more inventory. Thank oh, you very oh, much, go Cindy for Baldwin. It. Go for it. Um, buy them all. I, I need to try to use what I have. and But it's a pain if you don't have two of something Yeah. sometimes. Like, I'll have one, but I need two. So it's like, uh So you bought, then, a colorway from Karen. Correct. Okay, so you had all the threads, the whole thing, as she designed it. But you but now as you go through it, then you're you're saying, all right, I'm going to start modifying, and it isn't just changing one color. You're you're looking at the whole design and saying, what can I do with that, given the base that Karen put together? Correct. And I I really am not using most any any of her colors from the color right. I bought tuxedo. And it's beautiful in the black and white. It's gorgeous. But I realized I wanted to use red and grays and black. And I thought, okay, I'm totally changing this. I think um, the outside border is, um, I'll use the Krynex she sent with that because mm-hmm. it works. It's, it's a color, I, and I had it. I have, I have some of those um, in the different sizes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm basically changing the whole thing. And you're doing it on the fly. So it's a pure experiment as you go. Correct. Correct. And the thing is with her, she used so many different threads. I don't know if you've looked at your thread pack recently. (laughs) I mean, it's not just like, okay, you have a rainbow gallery and, um, a few DMCs. Um, it's, she's using different DMCs even then I, I don't think I've ever used one of those before. Oh. Um, it's a really thick cotton mm-hmm. thread. And I thought, hmm, maybe I can use this color, use this thread because it's the right color yeah. um, in my piece. Um, and that makes it fun because then you, you look at the threads she's given you and you say, okay, what do I have that's similar to this, like a similar weight, uh, similar shine, or am I going to change it? Am I going to make it uh, matte? Or am I going to make it shiny? How, co- how can I change this to make it my own? Yeah. With what I have. That's one of the things I'm trying to keep it. With what do I already have that I can use? Right. But see, that's and that's part of it. And I think that, that applies to just about any project, especially if you're going to change it, is evaluating the project and saying, all right, there's a lot of this color. I better make sure I have, you know, the, the, the chart calls for one skein. 
I might want to have two skeins or three skeins of the same dye lot so that I can tear things out and not feel like I'm about to run out. Correct. Correct. And, you know, I, I think that's a um, uh, something that's worth looking at because I, I hate I hate having to scrimp on thread, you know, and, and you know you're going to run out and it's going to be close and you start using thread that's a little frayed and no, I give me another skein and because uh, mm-hmm. right. yeah, there's a, a somebody wrote about Sarah Parr. She she got the chart for Sarah Parr, and then she asked what I used, and I told her uh, in my response, make sure you have a couple of extra skeins of these two colors because you'll use them, because it doesn't say that. And uh, it, it's just, uh, they're two colors that are used an awful lot. And if you have to tear out at all, you're going to end up short. And, right. And better to have it and throw it back in the drawer when you're done than to go, oh, no, I can't get it anymore. Yeah. Right. Well, and even even on um, Susan Schlichter, it it calls for two skeins of some of the greens because you're using so much. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't used all of one in any of it um, because I'm just using one strand on 36 count. But if you were using two strands, like you liked it fuller, then you wouldn't run out, but yeah, you, you definitely need both, both skeins. Yeah, definitely. And, and DMC does dye lots change. So let's say you bought this as a kit. You say, Oh, I only need one skein. And you come back to it five years later, and the dye lot has changed. Yep. Well, now you buy now you're buying two fresh skeins, or you're you're going to have an issue where it changes color. Yep. Um, and then I know Crinex dye lots change, not a lot, but my mine are older. I've had them for a while, mm-hmm. so I'm like, okay, so some of these I definitely have to go and decide. Okay. Am I going to, I'm going to use this color. I'm going to, but I don't want to do a whole lot because I know I need two skeins of it. So yeah. I need to make sure I'm getting what I need yep. and, and ordering those in. But well, yeah. And you said, you said the other thing, the other uh, thing that plays into this is you kit it up and then five years later you come back mm-hmm. and it die lots, but also threads get discontinued. Correct. Yeah. And if you're short, then you're posting on, uh, Facebook somewhere, someone please have a skein somewhere they can send me of this dye lot or even of this thread because I can't get it anymore. And right. uh, yeah, right. yeah, make sure you have enough when you kit the thing up. It's right, it's, especially if you're you're you know you're moving along on the piece, you're halfway done. It's not like you're at the beginning. And you're saying, okay, I can just substitute something else. If you're at the beginning of a piece, you're just like, oh, I'll I'll find something else. But if you're already moving down on the piece, it's like, all right, now what? Do I go and <laughs> rip everything out that I've yeah. already put in? And this is huge. This Dawn to Dusk is a huge piece. So it does require multiple skeins of things. Yeah. And and you just don't want to run out. Right. Well, and, and oh. like you can, if, if die lots don't match on a reproduction sampler, for instance, you can get away with that by just changing that color in a different motif, you know, it, it'll be fine. No one will notice and it'll be fine. But on uh, Dawn to Dusk or something like that, that isn't always an option. Uh, no. 
Yeah, you and, and you, so you start to monkey around with things like uh, blending colors by uh, using the two dye lots. Uh, right. Yeah, you, you can monkey around with it, but it's just so much easier if you just have enough. Yeah. Right. Right. And and especially since like it's got the solid satin stitch border. If I use oh. something that's variegated <laughs> in there, then you it needs. Yeah, it might you might be able to blend it, but I don't know about the brocade. What would you do? For, I, yeah, I don't even want to think about it. I want to get <laughs> make sure I have enough. But yeah. it's 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 been fun. But and I just sent a note. I sent a note and a picture to a friend saying, "Okay, what do you think about these two border colors?" And and then she she said she liked the red one better than the gray one. And I said, "Okay, well maybe I'll do this instead, and I'll just rip it all out." And she's just like, "Oh no, don't rip!" And I'm like, "You know what?" It's okay. Ripping is okay. When you're doing, that's the thing. I think if you're changing something in a piece where you're, you're making your own decisions, you've got to be prepared to rip. There's, you know, you just got to, you say, okay, I'm going to, I know I'm going to have to do more ripping. It's going to take me longer to get it done, but I'll like it better in the end. I mean, not that Karen's thing isn't beautiful, Donda Dusk is beautiful in any of her colorways. I think you could do any of them, and they're stunning. But I wanted I wanted a red colorway, and she hadn't designed a red colorway yet, so I had to <laughs> I had to pull my own colors. Yeah. So. Well, but yeah. and, and that's the other thing. You want a red colorway, and you have a vision for what that will look like. Right. And if you say, Karen, would you do a red colorway? Well, it may be something you don't care for. So. Right, um, right, and I still might change it, you know. Right, right. So do your own, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's yeah. the joy of doing. I think of of needlepoint of counted canvas is that it's not that it's not impossible to change the colorway. I mean, it's not impossible on cross stitch either, but it's that's it's so much fun. You know, you pull an overdyed and you start pulling colors from the overdyed, and yeah, it's it's a blast. Just have fun, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, having enough skeins, you know, when you talk about samplers, now you're, you're doing a uh, Susan Schlichter, which, which is a bunch of, of potted plants, whatever. And, uh, on Sarah Parr, there were several where you get branchy stuff. And to me, when I see branchy stuff, where I'm just doing a, a single row of X's and some, you know, just random out and back kind of thing. That's a signal to me that I need to make sure I have an extra skein of that thread. Because if you misread the chart or you get cocky and just start stitching and then realize that you went the wrong way, you should have gone left when you, you should have zigged when you, should, when you zagged. <laughs> right. You right. know, and, and then you pull it out. That thread may not come out in good enough condition to use again, and uh, I I really kind of have a, a habit, particularly with silks. If I've stitched something like that, and I have to pull it out. A lot of times, I'll just throw it away and and start with a fresh one because it it to me going in and coming back out usually has taken enough of a beating that it's it doesn't look as good. Right, and and especially I think too, even with the DMC cotton on this. Um, I'm using Russian tea cake, which I think is a tighter weave. It's a legacy linen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it frays the threads enough. Um, I've started using sh- much shorter lengths of thread 
And I do. If I have to rip something out, the whole it just it's just thrown away. Yeah. Um, and I just because it it looks too fuzzy, it comes out looking too fuzzy. And, yeah, for um, for the cost of that length of thread, it's mm-hmm. not worth it to right. to keep it and to to scrimp and have fuzzy thread. Yeah, right. Pearl cotton right. is another one. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't I don't reuse that very often at all because it just loses its luster. Uh, hey, speaking of pearl cotton, do you use number three very much? Pearl cotton? No. See, and um, dawn to dusk calls for that on the border and I thought oh I'll just use I have five it'll be fine and I didn't like the coverage yeah so but I don't like I mean number three is fine but I don't have a lot of number three pearl cotton and I you I you have to use such short lengths because you're putting it through that hole I thought oh I don't want to mess with that so I think I'm going to go back and use Mm. on the border mm-hmm. just because I can lay it nice and flat. I love laying satin stitch. Yeah. And um, I think it'll look, I think it'll look fine, but yeah. I was just wondering, is it just me that doesn't have a lot of number three? No, or? I, I have some, I don't care for it. It's like stitching with rope to me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it needs that for that border. Cause you're doing a padded um, border. You need, you need something to cover your padding and you're using number five underneath. So yeah, I think I'm just going to go to the floss. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's not just me. It's no. not just me. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's like, not, wow. it's not something I, uh, yeah. Well, and, and I tend to use finer mesh ground anyway, so it's pretty rare that I run into it, but yeah, I have some and yeah, it's like a bundle of rope to me. Yep. Right, right, right. Well, and, and I can see why she used it here because it you need that to cover the padding. It I tried the number um, five, um, and it just you can see the yeah the padding underneath, and I'm like, oh no, I don't like that at all. That's yeah. got to come out. That's coming out. Let's right. just rip that off right now. Right. What What do I have? What can I use? So, well, and yeah, but there there's that mental process. You put it in. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Well then take it out, redo right. it. You know, right. when we were talking to Nicola Jarvis and, and we were talking about her, her process. And I, I, I even asked her, you know, how many go, you know, how many just get cast off. And when she talked about these two birds, uh, one of the projects is two birds. And she essentially finished that project twice and didn't like it. And no, they're out. Right. Start right. over. Yeah. Right. And even here's the other thing, us just bouncing it back and forth. You know, um, I said, oh, you know, I don't want to do black on black. But now you're making me rethink that because <laughs> I, um, I, I do have black floss. I already have it. Um, I have plenty, um, plenty of DMC black floss. And that would be if I'm laying it the floss, the satin stitch, it'll be shiny. Mm-hmm. And then when I add that gray around it, that yeah. just might add a depth to it, especially, and I think there's a stem stitch. I'm, I'm doing the stem stitch. You can't see me, but I'm doing the stem okay. stitch around everything. That might really make it pop. Worth a okay, shot. We got we to hang up because I got to go. St- no. <laughs> 
Sorry. But texture, black on black, you'd still get the texture. Yeah, you get a little sheen, and then you'd you'd have a texture there that you uh, would not have if it was just black ground. Yeah, right. And it's and it's raised. It's a padded. Right. Oh yeah. Go for it. I'm I'm going to have to try that. I'm going to have to go rip the gray out <laughs> and try the black over there. And I I wonder if I put like the red thread underneath because I have lots of the um, number five pearl cotton in this red if i put that underneath the black if you'd see a little bit of red Mm -hmm. i I mean you're covering it but i don't know if it would do something just yeah just peeking through Mm -hmm. and and just because i i don't want to buy i think i'd have to buy two or i don't know how many skeins of the black number five i would have to buy to go that i already have the number in, in a different color, number five in a different color. I'm like, I want to use what I have. Okay. Okay. Now you got my little mind to go in. Okay. Thank you, Gary. All right. No charge for that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, okay. Yeah. I want to ask you, I know you use corn huskers for your dry hands. I do. Have you noticed your hands drier this winter or is it just me? Um, I'm going to go with just you because no, I haven't. Okay. Um. I just have been noticing that my hands have been super, super dry. I don't know if it's just because of we've just had the super cold weather here recently and I wasn't ready. That didn't help. Or, yeah. yeah. Do you have a humidifier in your house? Yes. Um, we don't use it very often. Yeah. But. yeah, we have one on the furnace. And uh, uh, that's on um, fall to spring. And... Uh, I mean, when the furnace guy, we have a furnace guy come twice a year for HVAC and for the furnace, you know, just to service it because um, it's worth it. Uh, and then he replaces the pad every year. And uh, I I think that makes a huge difference. Yeah. And and I've been wondering, I've, um, in the summertime, I drink a lot of water. Mm-hmm. And I've just, I was like, okay, have I stopped drinking because it's cold probably yeah so because yep. um, that because that's to just do that yeah that because that's just it is is your dry hands that comes as much from inside as outside your body right you know dry right. air but if you're not hydrated it's pretty hard for your skin to be uh moisturized if there's no water in the body yeah right right and and i'm generally pretty pretty good about drinking water and i just like well you know <laughs> what's going on here so i was just like hmm, hmm. yeah it might be worth it um to yeah. up the hydration yeah corn huskers for me um the uh i have another one i tried it last night because i was uh you know we we you mentioned about put, talking about this and it's uh, o'keefe's working hands which is a, a cream that uh, Debbie Rowley suggested that she likes. Not It's not greasy, but I feel like there's a coating on my fingers when I put it on. And I tried it again last night just to experience it again, and I just didn't care for it. Corn huskers, for me, it, it moisturizes. It takes all that roughness out, but it goes right into the skin, and I don't feel like I have this, this coating. Uh, right. Because I always feel like if I feel like I have a coating on my fingers, then that's going to go in the thread. And do I yes. want that? 
Right. Yeah. Right. And I know um, I use, when my hands get really rough, I use, I don't sell this, you know, I buy it from somebody else, but Mary Kay's Satin Hands. It's like a three or four step process where you rub this cream on your hands and then you put like a scrub on and wash your hands, wash, wash that scrub off so you can get really, you know, rub your calluses, the cuticles and those rough spots, especially on my thumbs. And then you put moisturizer back on and then, you know, you it's greasy. So it's gonna, you won't like that feeling, the greasy feeling. But then you leave it on overnight and I don't know, I find my hands are a lot left, less rough, especially if I'm working on silk. Um, I take the time to do that. Yeah. Especially yeah, I, in the winter. Yeah, with silk, it's really critical. Boy, uh, that process just made me nod off there. Holy smokes. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, figured, I figured it would. But it works. It, it, it does help. Um, like we're working on um, the 17th century band sampler with... Um, Swa Goblin, and that I have to be have my hands nice and soft and smooth, or it just snags. It you you know, it unwinds. I have terrible issues with it. So, yeah. but I love it because it has such a beautiful sheen to it. So it's worth the time to make your hands non rough. Yeah. Non-rough. And then someone said they took sandpaper or um, what? They said if they're yes, like a high grade. Um, what is that like? What what's the grits? Um, Four, like like four hundred count or something. Uh, yeah, something like that. And like if their really? hands are really rough, um, they'll rub that a little bit instead of like an emery board. People will suggest using like an emery board, but she says yeah, sandpaper worked and just did that and then put the lotion on before she went and that just helped get rid of some of those um like if you have little nicks or cuts on your hand yeah just to smooth those out wow i thought, I thought that's a good idea and, wow. I, and i did it and it helped really yes so just a piece of sandpaper and you rubbed it over your fingers uh-huh Real fine grit, you know. Uh, nothing you don't want to use. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Number 20, like, 20 grit, look no. like little rocks. <laughs> no, no, no. That would be terrible. But, but you know, especially, and I, I always get nicks in my thumbs. Um, so I'm like, okay, how can I get rid of this so I can work on my silk? That's most and, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Now, see, it's. Uh, I I did a little research a couple of years ago. Marga gets, she's one of those that her fingers crack. Oh yeah. Like she'll put, she'll have to put super glue in the cracks sometimes. Ooh. And she puts like she puts lotion on all the time. It's not like she doesn't try. I mean, it. But I don't know what it is. But in the winter, yeah, they just. It's like that looks like it hurts. But, um. And then I so I was you know what like what can she do? And one of the things I found was uh, a suggestion that you put lotion on whatever lotion is a heavy amount at night and then put gloves on yes i've heard of doing that and sleep with those and i said hey try this she said no that's not happening so um 
But, you know, it, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of things. But, yeah, and you can see how it, your hands basically soaking in lotion overnight would help. Yeah. Right. But, no. Right. No, I, I couldn't keep the gloves on overnight. That would They would be gone, you know, about yeah. an hour in. They'd be like, okay, this has got to come off. My- <laughs> That's pretty much what Margaret said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no way. No Not, uh, way. Not happening. Yeah. Not but, happening. Um, and, and then I tried um, the, the specialty lotions you can get at needlework stores for stitchers. Right. Spare me. I, yeah. I've tried a couple of them. It's like I had to apply it every 15 minutes. It just didn't have any staying power. And smelled good, was expensive, but I just yeah, forget that noise. Yeah, and, and, and I do like the corn huskers. I, I use that. But when I, I find that doing a sugar scrub, too, helps. You know, if you're, um, which is, it's basically like you put some sort of oil and sugar and make yourself a little scrub. I don't, and I'm sure you can look it up. The Google would tell you a ratio. Yeah. Um, but and that works um, to to get rid of some of the rough spots. But sandpaper. Is, I know. Well, I know. Wouldn't have some occurred things, to me. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, if your hands are so rough, though, like like when I have those little nicks and they're they're healed, it's just the skin there. Right. I'm like, okay, let me rub this off. Huh. It worked. I'll be darned. Huh. And I have all kinds of sandpaper, so I might have to give that a try. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Okay. Yep. Worth a try. Yep. Okay, here's a, 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 a Beloved, the Beloved Project. Yes. All right. Now, uh, Vicki Clayton Silks, I'm here to tell you, wow. Yeah, they're nice, aren't they? Wow. And the sheen, the shine on those things. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. I know. I know. It, I, I think they're, I, I don't know what silk she's using for her base, but they are beautiful. I know you took them off the spools, but that doesn't bother me. I just rewrapped a little bit around the spool. Um, wow. I have, but yeah, they're nice. Wow. They're nice. I can't, I mean, I just, I've been stitching on Beloved. I was going to stitch a little bit, and then uh, there's a needlepoint one I want to get to, a Gay Ann Rogers. And I, I find myself just, I've been just enjoying it, so I keep working on Beloved. But, um, yeah, it's beautiful. Okay, but that, okay, so that aside, I just came off of uh, Sarah Parr. The chart for Sarah Parr had on every page, it was a black and white chart, and it had on every page the uh, thread table, the symbol and the thread. Mm-hmm. And so then on this beloved, the thread table is on the back. And it's all printed in color. This is another reason why I'm not a big fan of, of color things. Right. So it, it's on it's so. Okay, and then on top of that, I've got this list of the conversions that Vicki Clayton did for the silks. So I have the chart on the back of the thing, and then I have the list of conversions from Vicki Clayton. So now, basically, I so now I'm I'm double referencing every time I change colors. So now I've got a I got to figure out a way to create my own chart with the symbols. 
So what I would do and what I'm going to do, I haven't done this yet. Okay. First of all, I've already made like black and white copies of the bottom of the chart. So working copies, right? I'm going to make a copy of the back of it, probably in black and white of the, of the, um, convert of the chart of the colors of yeah. DMC or whatever she's using. Then I'm going to white out and replace them with the Vicki Clayton color. Okay. And then I will have, I will cut that out, make it a little small and that will be attached to my, um, my scroll frame or whatever I'm using or close by so I can just reference it. Yeah. But that's what I'm going to do. Hearing you talk about that, it's like, oh, yeah, that's something that needs to be done before I stitch that piece. Because you're right. Looking at it and figuring out where I was going to start, I thought, oh, I've got to figure out what green that is. And, okay, so now I've got to, you know, you got to do the mental gymnastics. Okay, this is what in Vicki Clayton's silk. Right. But I think just going and change, you know, taking the time to write it down um, and right next to the symbol because the symbols are already there. You don't have to redo the symbols. Right. You know, just white it out and away you go. Yeah. So that, Would yeah, you? okay, that, that could work because, and see, this is the thing is she has, and not complaining, I mean, this, the chart is very well done. But mm -hmm. she has on the back, so she has the symbol, and then the it's a table, and then the color for that thread or a reasonable facsimile fills that up, uh, fills up that cell in the table. Right. So, but no, I see here now. Okay, so that's a good idea. So I'll com I'll copy that in black and white. That'll give me the symbols, and then yeah, then just white out. And write in uh, the Vicky Clayton number. Correct. Yeah, but so handy to have that on every page. Yes, I, I I so agree. I so agree, and especially since this is, you know, the the when we get to that bird section, <laughs> that's going to be right. very dense with colors, and we want you know you want that you don't want to be like okay what color is this symbol here and you know to find it. Right. It'll, yeah. Yeah, I got to have something that's laying on the on the uh, scroll frame somewhere, basically mm -hmm. that I can see uh, through my magnifier, so I know what I'm what I got coming up here. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I think the um, yeah making a copy of it, and then you know I might even laminate it somehow. Um, because it's going to be used a lot, you know, yeah. you're going to, and since it's just a paper copy, it's not going to have any staying power, but I'll need it for all the pages. I might as well laminate that baby. Yeah. Well, I, and I made paper copies we, we, and for the record, yeah. protect the copyrights. We have our own copy of the chart. We're making right. working copies and then we pitch the working copies when we're done. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. We do not yep. keep them. We do not share them. We do not copy and give to other people. Buy your no. own. Buy yes. your own. <laughs> Buy your own. Yeah. No, this is just so I can. In fact, I think I could. Some, sometimes I even blow them up just a little bit to make mm -hmm. them a little easier for me to see. But, and, then, uh, and then when you make your copy, she does not number the pages. Yes. So you have to make sure you number the pages. 
Yes. So yes. you know where you are. So you don't get lost and do the wrong thing on the wrong spot. Wrong yeah. fit. But it's those little, the, you know, the little things that make a difference mm-hmm. in a, in a chart design. Yeah. Um, cause the, the, yeah. the chart, I mean, it's very clear. It's well done. I mean, she's obviously used some software for it. Um, right. but yeah, right. it's very clear. It's nice. Yeah. And it's, so. and it's a beautiful, it'll be beautiful, um, to stitch up. Yeah. Now make me want to do Susan even more. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really happy with the ground cloth and threads for this beloved. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with yeah. the choice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right, slate frames. Slate frames. We have bigger ones coming. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I love. Uh, I, I just looked at mine again, and we're I was ridiculous. Like, okay, you realize that? Is, yes. Yes, yeah, I do okay. know that. Yeah. yeah. So um, when I finish my panels that I've got on the old slate frame um, for my casket. When I get that, those done, I'm going to move to the Jen Aiden Christie one. I don't want to un- unstitch that um, from the old slate frame, but right. yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking though, you started the pineapple by Okay, Kathy so just, just to, to lay the groundwork. So what we did is we had <laughs> access commodities slate frames. Yes. And then when Kathy Andrews was helping us, well, when she was setting up she my did. slate frame and showing Beth how to do hers, when Beth could yeah. just go, yeah, 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 that that was very wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. And we're really glad that Kathy has uh, found herself uh, cancer-free. So uh, yay for that. Yes. Um, but when, the, the access commodities, when she picked them up, I, I, yeah, her reaction will not soon be forgotten. No. Um, and then when you got us 18-inch Jenny Aiden Christie slate frames, holy smokes. Yes. Like totally. three levels better, otherworldly better. Yes. Yeah. And I'm thinking about lacing up the Kathy Andrews pineapple onto that, mm-hmm. onto the 18-inch ones, because, yeah, that would make it a joy to stitch. Just a joy because I thought about doing it in a hoop. And I was like, ah, no, no. I don't want to. No, no. I think this would be so much better if I just laced it up into that slate frame. Yep. And and they are substantial. There's the the like we've said this before, but it, you can pass these on to your kids, to your yeah. grandkids. You know, they they are they are um, they're meant to last. They are not. Um, like some of the stretcher bars that, you know, you're like, okay, yeah, I've made, I made a ton of holes in these. These aren't going to last for the next generation. No, these are, they are, they are meant to pass on. They are, right. they're works of art. They're beautiful, beautiful wood. Well, the, the top, just to give people an, an idea, the top and bottom uh, that have the webbing on them, those are essentially the same thickness as scroll bars that you would get from a millennium frame or a mnemonic frame. Big, thick diameter dowel wood, solid wood. That's heavy wood too. And mm-hmm. uh, and then the slide, pe- the side pieces with the holes in them uh, are. There, I mean, they're obviously thinner. They have to be, but they are really thick too. I mean, it's just solid wood. Like you can, you can. Re- well, if if you watch Jenny Aiden Christie's uh, video about how to set up a slate frame, 
she she stands that thing up on a table and stands up and just shoves down on it to to get it tight. And I'm, the first time I watched it, like, lady, really? You push that hard? And with her frames, yeah, you can easily. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Beautiful. And, and, I, and I think, especially for, um, like you, Gary, you, get your, you want your stuff so, so tight. You right. know this isn't going to bow. You know, right. um, it is not going to bend. It's, it's solid. It's going to stay put. Yep. And, and that's nice. And that's nice, especially if you're working on something that's going to take you a while and that you want to spend a lot of time on. I don't know. I, I'm really looking forward to lacing. Um, I shouldn't lacing up the new slate frame. Um, I've been thinking about it and (laughs) it's just a matter of, of, um, getting the uh, Kathy Andrews piece out. I think I need to iron it and then putting it on there and stretching it. And, um, yeah, yeah. But it's 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 the kind of thing where you look at her the price for her slate frame, which is not horrible, but they are you know they're pricey. Yeah, they're and not you, cheap. And and you go ugh for that. Yeah, think about how many years you'll use it, and then divide that cost by say ten years, and you go yeah okay, mm-hmm. um, worth the investment up front because it will be with you for as long as you want to stitch. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I think, you know, and, you know, I wonder, do people put needlepoint on it? I wouldn't. Do they put canvas? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't. I think stretcher, stretcher bars, adjustable stretcher bars are going to give you the same because it's so stiff to begin with. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I wouldn't bother. And I don't know if if you if you lace that on the side with canvas. I mean, you'd have to put you definitely have to put tape on there to lace through, or it would just mm-hmm. pull the um, canvas threads right out when you tighten it down. Okay, but would they sew fabric on the edge? I'd do something. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know because I, I I think the Royal School. Um, I think they do everything on. Yeah, that's right. They do. Don't they? Yeah. You have to do everything on a slate frame. So that means that there's a way to do it then. Right. I'm just, I just, uh, just was just a thought, just a thought. Cause it would, it would be tight then. That's for sure. Right. Oh yeah. Well, all right. Then we'll, uh, uh, we got a show. We're going to talk to Susan K. Williams from the Royal school here, uh, uh, next week. So, or this week. Anyway, coming up. So we'll ask her that question. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just curious. That's interesting. I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah. So the only question now is, do we need trestles? How are we holding our slate frame? That's the question. And I looked on, I've been looking for trestles, just trying to find what I felt would be a good thing. And then I also said, well, somebody's got to put together, have put together plans for a trestle, you know, woodworker plans. And mm-hmm. I found one, it was all done in metric, but that's okay. Um, that looked pretty straightforward because if, if you think about it, all you really have to do is have a good miter saw, some straight lumber, a good miter saw and uh a drill press or a good a drill that you can make 
vertical holes in, not semi-vertical. Right. And then some hardware. I mean, they're not rocket science. And this particular plan looked fairly doable. But that was the only one I could find. So, because for some of these trestles, you know, the, the prices people have, and I appreciate they designed them, they made them, you know, they should get paid for it, not complaining. But I just think how much wood I could buy for that. And, right, right. And, and, and it's not for, like for me, if I had a, a plan, um, I, ha- I have woodworking people. I have people. <laughs> <laughs> if I could just talk them into doing it for me. Um, but because I think, like I've been using um, my uh, slate frame for the casket. And I've been putting frame weights on the edge of a table and doing that. My What I have for a stand, I just don't like it. Yeah. it it's a little... I need a little bit firmer. Something's wrong. It's it's just not working for me. So I've been putting it on a table with two, which works, which works. You know, it's it's functional. It does work. But um, I've been thinking, oh, a slate frame. And where would I store it, you know, when it's not in use? Because um, that's the other issue, yeah. you know. I don't have a dedicated studio like somebody I know. Um, well, your kids, but, have uh, mo- your kids have moved out. You know? they, they still come home and and stay though it's not like <laughs> commandeer a room beth <laughs> yeah i i'm i'm i've been thinking about it i've been thinking about it they they so. come home what maybe ten days a year that's three hundred and fifty five yeah. yeah. more that um you know yeah um. yep <laughs> I, I'm thinking about it, but you know, it just seems awfully cold. You know, okay, I'm packing up all your books. I'm taking over your bookshelves, and uh-huh. uh huh, yeah, yeah, uh huh. Because 355 <laughs> days of the year I live here, and you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Go mm-hmm. for it, Beth. Oh yep. man, it's a thought. It's a thought. I could, and I can see my. Oh no, 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 no! All my needlework books will fit up there. Yep. Yeah. Those rooms are just sitting there occupying space, and you could be using them. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Well, I I'll tell you where I'll tell you where I'm at in my evolution here. So, I have a, a case creation a needlepoint stander stand with a clamp that I use for needlepoint, and then I have a case creation that uh, uh, the fold up stand, the big one that clamps on either end of a scroll frame. But I also have this this cheap Edmonds stand that I've modified with two arms that have dowels on the ends, so I can just lay a lay anything on top, not unlike a a trestle. And right, I think that's where I'm headed. Is and a trestle would be ideal, but that I think that's where I'm headed is something where I can just lay whatever project I want to work on on top. And then when I want to work on something else, take it off and put the next thing on top and not have to mess around with a bunch of clamps and stuff. And if I want to turn it over, I just lift it up and turn it over. And it just seems to me like I could get to, like with a trestle, I could get to one stand that would work for stretcher bars, scroll frames, 
and slate frames. And and like okay, so I was my my boys very kindly made my arms longer because I have something similar to the last thing you said, the Edmonds uh, that they had put together for me because we had we had wood and I have woodworkers. But the arms are still not long enough for dawn to dusk to do to put the oh. put it long ways. It's it's I mean that piece is huge. It's just right. huge. And they said, Well, should we make you longer arms? And I said, You can. I don't normally work on something this long, this big. Most pieces I have are smaller. A and B, um, I think it'll tip. And so they were they were kind of doing, you know, physics on it. And they said, like, yeah, you know, you could just put your foot on it, mom. Or I said, or I could put a weight on the, the bottom of the stand. Um, but I think a trestle, again, a trestle would give you that option. It's not that much wider. It, it The width is fine. It's the length of it so right. that it you can reach where you're stitching. Mm-hmm. And so a trestle, you'd stick it, you know, you just make it nice and narrow while you're working on that section. And then you, you could make it wider as you're working on a different section. That, that's the advantage. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's where I'm headed. Whether I buy one or make one, I think that's where I'm headed. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, well, the arms that I put on this Edmonds thing are 20 inches long. So so I can lay a pretty good sized piece on there, but I don't know how I don't remember how long Dong to Dusk is, but No, it it won't fit. It's too big. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because mine is at least twenty inches now. And um because I, I just did quick math here. Um and it's not long enough. Mine is it's uh the base is stable, but then you have that single column that comes up and then when I stitch it wobbles all over the place. And so I, I, yes. you know, I kind of have to adapt to that, but it'd be real nice if it sits still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, again, even if, even if they made the arms longer, like I said, I think you're going to have the center of gravity is going to be off and you're going to have to put, a, I'd have to put, I would have to put a weight in right. a bag of books or something on the end. Cause no, it would be too far away for me to hit with my feet and the, yeah, the the legs are so. Um, yeah, it's you know a trestle frame might be the way to go. You know, then I'm going to come back to. There's probably a reason that the Royal School uses slate frames and trestles for everything. Yes, to and we, we should it. ask her. Especially, you know, if you could make well, you're going to make yours so it's the right height for your chair. It would be nice if it went up and down because I do move from chair to chair sometimes. And it's like, okay, so this is a little too short. I need to bring my stand up a little bit yeah. Um, so it's closer to me. This design that I found has multiple holes that allow you to adjust height and angle. Because yeah, That would be nice. Yeah. You have to be able to adjust the stand up and down. And not every not every project or technique in my opinion uh works at the same height like sometimes i yes. like you know it might be working on a project where i want it a little lower or a little higher maybe that's just me being crazy but and for some reason working on my casket piece i want that flat 
versus at an angle. Why? I have no clue. But I have a hard time. um, And maybe it's because some of it you're couching. Mm -hmm. And I I like that laying flat on my um, piece as I couch the threads down. I like the piece going across, not wiggling around. I like it flat, you know, still. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Well, but that's exactly my point. Yeah. Depending on the technique and the project, you want to be able to adjust so it's most comfortable to work on. And I can see where couching on a flat piece would work better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. The quest continues, but yeah, I, I think I'm going to be getting away from clamping projects to a stand and more to toward the trestle lay it on top thing and it you know you can always put a clamp on a trestle too but i got this this wobbly this works great but it just wobbles and i have no idea why i had to reach over and wobble it when i said it wobbled because (laughs) it's like my yeah but but, okay and here's the thing can you show us that stem stitch again (laughs) yeah yeah here's the thing we're talking we we've been doing needlework you know for years right yep if we invest invest in a trestle that works, how long is that going to last us? You know, yeah. for the rest of our stitching time, right? right. You know, mm-hmm. and so I think it's worth it if we can find a tool that works to help us stitch longer, yeah, and and more comfortably. It's it's a it's it's a good thing to do, right? Um, yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. I got to get my woodworkers to work. Yes. Well, <laughs> I have to study this plan more, but I think I can chop up some wood and uh, get some hardware and put it together without too much trouble, he said. He says. Yeah. I've seen that movie mm-hmm. way too many times. <laughs> way too many times. Um, all right. That's going to be it. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.